Hello guys, uh, welcome to Mind Podcast 33.0, your weekly source for news, views and analysis. Uh, this is Zadit Kapadia uh, coming to you on yet another Newsy Week. Together with me is Sunanda Vashisht and Pramod Kumar Burawalli. How are you guys doing today? Good. good. How are you, Adil? Pretty good. Uh, just waiting for the summer to end in Houston and the nice and pleasant days of winter to come in. I, I'm sure the rest of America isn't waiting for winter. But, <laughs> but uh, for us, you know, uh, who get the who have the pleasure of the nice weather, we are. Yeah. So, um, how's the week so far? Any newsy things that you saw? that you you think we should discuss or something no uh, i'm glad that um, the sheena bora uh, murder case as gory as it is is kind has of dying arnab down arnab hasn't solved it and uh, somebody actually said that arnab has more um, reporters on <coughs> the beat on the sheena bora beat than uh, mumbai police has um, <laughs> investigators no but the key it. thing to notice is are there more reporters than panelists on his news hour show <laughs> or are there more panelists than reporters but anyway as as gory and as terrible as it as it is it, it is, is it is not national security threat or anything it's a personal uh, no yeah it is it is, is, it is so it we is, don't need to give it that kind of what importance. happened was absolutely pathetic yeah. and but you know again it the country should not stop functioning exactly because of that but be that as it may and I'm, I, 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 we don't want to discuss more about it the details are anyways in the public domain or at yeah. least the leaks that have come from the Mumbai police are in the public domain uh, many issues I think have happened uh, primarily I think we're going to go over OROP yeah. and then also uh, like discuss the integrities of it just give a uh, um, kind of uh, you know what is the political perception what is the political reality right now that the government is facing and uh, and for all our listeners who are not familiar with OROP OROP is one rank one pension you know and uh, Pramod will uh, t- talk you through the details of it like what what is OROP and you know uh, the history but of I it. do want to say this before um, uh, Pramod jumps in that this is a crisis that this country does not need Absolutely. This is something that we can handle. This is not... Um, uh, I, I do agree that this government did not create this crisis. I have full sympathy for them. It is also true that other governments uh, dilly-dallied for the longest time. They did not have this kind of pressure. People standing on uh, Jantar Mandar and fasting unto death and asking them to do it. But now, Narendra Modi government has been in power for 15 months like it or don't like it you know the buck stops with you we cannot just say that listen the other governments took so long give us more time i do understand and i have full sympathy with you but veterans have been waiting for a long time i think there is some communication gap there is some communication gap somewhere people are not communicating very well and it's just looking bad a couple of things this has been the protests at the jantar mantra have been going on for 80 plus days Days. you know four days 84 days right and some of them are on the hunger strike and uh, and many of them have been going to the hospital hospital and and coming back and then doing yeah yeah yeah. so coming back so this this uh this just looks bad that so this close to the prime minister's office you have the veterans who have proudly represented india in you know all these wars on the border are fighting and you know there are two again i keep repeating that the communication strategies of this government has gone from probably you know average to below average right now if not bad and they need to you know if, if anything prime minister should just go out there and meet them it, it you know it, it doesn't i mean it doesn't behove of him the silence does not behove of him he should go talk to them address their issues i think they will listen you know he has he ha- 
has he has the he has the mandate of the people he has the moral authority and india is behind him he, with that confidence and the veterans will listen the if he talks the flip side of the argument is that they will say that he did say from uh, no no i know i know but that's not enough no, you know see, he needs to go and talk to them rather talk at talk them. at them redford yeah. and again i am with you i have full sympathy uh, you know with the government and narendra modi that again uh, for the last this has been abolished since the 70s 73 73 and uh, you know no government has done anything the last upa government just sat on the files jk anthony indira gandhi abolished it in 1973 yeah. so uh, so it is it's not like uh, you know uh, since 30 years nothing has been happening so blame that on narendra modi no but he did promise it yeah and and this was one of their campaign promises yeah, and, and it well. could happen it could happen that you know ye um, and and okay just to play the devil's advocate it also could be that they are negotiating in the back door but he does not want to humiliate the veterans by saying ki nahi hum log ye bol rahe hain ye log ye bol rahe hain yeah. so, so you see there is also that aspect that he does I not do. want to humiliate the veterans and stuff but still i believe he should still come uh, come and talk to him Yeah. That's that's one of the things. But uh, co- coming to promote, so any if you want to give a background about Warupi or what is your take on that, just okay. integrity. Um, just to give a background, it was the basis for uh, getting pensions and benefits up until 1973, like you were mentioned uh, for across the armed forces, and then in uh, 73, uh, Indira Gandhi, the then Prime Minister, following the third uh, Central Pay Commission, the, the three CPC, d- uh, unilaterally terminated, terminated it, and. Uh, It, it did cost uh, a little bit of disquiet at that point, but then at that uh, so in that socialist era, the costs were so low that you could still have veterans survive on a, a pension and mm. the benefits they were getting, like the military hospital, the canteens, etc. But then, what intrigues me a little bit is uh, in the recent years, at least four or five years ago, when the there was a parliamentary committee that was formed under a BJP senior BJP member, uh, Mr. Koshiari, and the Koshiari Commission. Uh, with him as the chairman submitted a report completely favoring on rank 1 pension to determine the uh, benefits and the pensions that they would be getting from a certain point of time with whenever a government decides to grant it and uh, the committee actually did blame lot of bureaucracy and the entrenched uh, decision making within the the government of india and uh, took the dis- uh, discussion to a, a different level uh, probably forewarning the government that the bureaucracy might also have similar demands and basically one rank one pension is somebody retires in the year 2000 and his last known his or her last known low known salary is 25000 so when he retires that person gets about 12000 rupees as, as pension now the demand in, in a very layman's uh, perspective is basically if you are retiring today with a 1 lakh salary you get 50000 pension so that person who was getting 20 uh, 12000 pension who retired as a colonel in 2000 and a person who has retired also as a colonel in 2015 gets uh, you know 25000 pension so almost double and both mm-hmm. persons who are alive sitting across the aisle sitting in these ex servicemen um, you know parades or whatever it is one gets 12000 the other gets 25000 mm-hmm. and the cost of living has not improved the costs have in fact grew, you know grown tremendously so, so it's a imagine very genuine demand it, yes it's a very genuine demand but, but no here is where it nice. starts getting tricky and these are again based on some of the reports that we've been hearing that uh, where whether there should be an annual pay review or whether there should be a, you know at 5 years i think Now, that is where it's stuck now yeah now you have to understand that india is not 
in terms of you know how the administrative situation works and the state works it's not like us it's not it's there are a lot of different we are still a developing country a lot of cogs yeah, and wheels uh, yes and and it is it will be an administrative nightmare to review the you know review the pay just just think about it every year and, and even for central government employees the pay commission is every 5 years right every 5 to 6 years and uh, that's and, when it gets and, and, no, and although it is scheduled for every 5 years sometimes the acceptance of the recommendations of a sixth pay commission or seventh pay commission need not necessarily happen as soon as that commission report is given correct so it depends on the economic uh, criteria it depends on if somebody is on strike or it depends on so many different uh, ifs and buts uh, at that point in time mm. but one rank pension one one pension is a little bit of an emotive issue because a, a veteran cannot starve you know veteran has always had uh, a, a highest respect across in the world society. developed underdeveloped or whatever as, as as they should have as they should have and, and rightly so and if a certain promise was made and it took uh, the government one year to to re- realize the seriousness of uh, these uh, agitations and you know it's very hard uh, you know heart wrenching to see these veterans sit on past on today death yeah. and uh, I try to seek attention which is un- unfortunate in 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 this day and age a middle ground a compromise seems to have been uh, talked about there is now a, a two separate groups within the uh, veterans also that have been uh, going at uh, they were they have been at, at odds with each other one group that suggests that uh, that they should talk to the government and see what recommendations they are coming up with the other group is adamant that they should not be you know yeah. the koshyari committee's uh, report should be tabled and then so here is my point i know there are technical issues i know government has some technical issues i know veterans have come up with technical issues i don't care what it is at this point what i want is that it is government's responsibility to somehow find a solution <coughs> no. it's been 84 days and it's not right that for 84 days this government which is which we know for solution based governance cannot find an answer to this i just refuse to believe it no, no it's it's not again what i said was there are there is there are two things right one of one of it is obviously that this should have been debated a lot lot earlier whether there was you know whether there was any fiscal prudence or so yeah. when it comes to this one year and five year candidate i think that bus have, has sailed no no i'm, I'm coming no no let right. me complete no i'm i'm coming to that so that that is that is the first part second part is that now it is also starting to take you know it's it's beginning to affect you political also now it's become a political problem yeah. right that people people are quite now we'll we'll talk about the other parties who are playing politics on this and how stupid that is later but but now now it it needs a political solution yeah. as i said it is it is really silly for government to go uh, i mean for congress to go and speak they haven't done anything on this no. it is really silly for rahul gandhi to go and put the baseball cap um, orop and say that um, you know this thing is happening because for years congress did nothing um, about it but that does not mean that bjp will do nothing no, about and, it and, and they said that uh, so uh, they sanctioned what 500 crores in the end or something for it in the yeah. the, dying the, the estimated expenditure as of now stands at 12000 crores per year which is basically um a very small fraction of the 55000 crores that they spend for military pensions and these are about 400000 defense civilians that are uh, um you know that get uh, that are recipients of this pension and and generally speaking i would not hold the 12000 crores as a big number i mean it's it's a doable number i think where the narendra modi government is stuck is 
they are very wary of uh, the ripple effect this will have on other central mm-hmm. government employees who might ask similar uh, sort of demands and all of them sit on strikes for the rest of the year and that is the hub of leftist activities you know sit on a strike and enjoy even if it 100 people show, show up like gurudas das gupta i was, was just about to say uh, was ecstatic uh-huh. just, uh, you know the strike for uh, narendra modi to quickly come to a compromise on certain level when do they start implement whether they will have a retroactive uh, sort of thing whether they go back and give arrears for a certain number of years i don't think financially the indian government is in a situation to do that especially considering that the growth is hinging on central government to fund these infrastructure projects so i don't think they have the money or the wherewithal to do it but at the same time some sort of a middle ground if it can be arrived in the next one or two months it will help them enormously because veterans are generally again and being a south indian i'm being very uh, jealous that majority of the veterans come from north india and that belts which generally go to elections uh, so maybe his political hat has to be turned on pretty quick. no it's there are two things right again uh, i come back to two things every every time i talk about something in the podcast the first thing is whether the, uh, the financial prudence of it whether you said that it can be done or not yes okay but then you also have to communicate that and what you do what steps are you taking to commu- to let that achieve you know ake bolo this is just looking very bad on the go- again you know he may be doing it out of good faith ki mujhe nahi bolna what is happening with veterans or something i'm giving him the benefit of doubt for that but as sunanda said 85 days your veterans i will give a hint i have never done this before i am not at, at an age or experience you have done it before on mind podcast ha it is easy if Haan. the fear is central government employees will go on strike uh very easy give orob right now to the military um, uh, people veterans mm-hmm. who are asking for it they are basically at the age group of 60 to 65 mm-hmm. still in the prime of them being able to do certain things if the central government employees start uh, going on strike uh, try to find out if there are pe- corruption cases against them fire all the <laughs> central government employees and that that will have no, a very i, I have another solution effect. to that and and bring the veteran who is now a recipient of the pension and put him in that central government absolutely now. or have them have them say that compulsory military and they will training. do it no 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 ex-servicemen compulsory military service for 5 years if you want orop no and, for and other employees and the indian government has been lackadaisic i would say not <laughs> I, i don't want to use that term but action against corruption has, has also got to be seen if there is a central government employee or a state government employee unless the narendra modi government cracks down big time on corruption get these expert servicemen into their jobs that kind of uh, you know stellar effect that mm. uh, you know people were expecting to uh, that modi could bring in will not be seen mm. uh, all i want to say at this point is that it is looking terrible that veterans are grabbing headlines the way they are um, right now it's terrible to watch them going on stretchers to the hospitals no country should have to do that and no veterans should have to do that i think it is communication ba- uh, you know for a man like narendra modi who is so well known for communication communication skills it is just not right that he should have let this there crisis are... go this long no. i am sure there can be um, you know uh, there there can be a resolution and to say that as i said i said in the beginning of this podcast i have a lot of sympathy for the government i do understand that they have been in the power only for one uh, one year or so and they are having to 
clean this mess but that is what they got the mandate for not just that he did make the promise unlike yeah. a lot of other in in the rally about rop at rivari with general vk singh by the side so you no, know he needs ideas like i said there are a lot of teachers positions that are vacant ex servicemen have the the kind of uh, zeal to go and serve in these rural areas they still have some age to mm. be able to give back i think some sort of a middle ground using his uh, ingenious ways to even even see you know in military the retirement age is in the thir- thir- i think 35 or something 38 38 yeah. about, right. and then paramilitary is uh, a lot a more, more yeah. so you there could also be a solution i think again shekhar gupta mentioned this on tv or something where military guys could be given paramilitary positions and, and after then police and, uh, and, police. and in police right so that is also also people who lose their arms or legs or you know or eyesight or something we need to take care the country no regardless, country regardless. Regardless, I think any sir, any, any soldier who served on the border, you know, risked his life, risked his family life. We need everything. to take care of him. You know, you, you people think that uh, just to put things in the perspective, and I'm, I'm being very naive here, but just to say, you know, a lot of people younger than me are watching this debate or so, saying that why the veterans are doing this. You get two, two, three weeks off a month or something. That's when you take your family and go out. They get the same time to meet their families yeah. every year. right their their working time is spent with their things uh, with their with their co- and, uh, com- and as i said the, as you said the about bar. the physical prudence and everything that boat has sailed we this they cannot i don't think narendra modi can afford to think right now can i afford it or not he just has to find a way to do it no no but okay the, see this again you're taking a very maximalist position yes he has to find a way to do it but at what promotes it there has to be middle ground mm. you can't just say that okay you know b- b- find a way to do it and you know ignore everything whatever no, it is ground should have been found by now, i know again yeah. that is a separate debate that yeah. the weather again as i said that they should have already done this in the first 15 months talk to the parliament about it addressed it in a joint parliamentary committee if they had to you know there could be lot of things that that could have been done but the since we are here now you know what can be done to get out of this limbo no, i think another idea that has come to my mind is his passion about swachh bharat abhiyan mm-hmm. swachh bharat abhiyan is tottering it is not being implemented properly because there is no sense of purpose and no better the, but a veteran i think the bureaucrat who was heading haan, it quit i think haan, today no better b- person but an ex serviceman to be made swachh bharat in charge all these 400000 uh, recipient yani 4 lakh log jinko ye pension mil raha hai make them in charge of one village Uh, 600,000 villages make them the in charge for swachh bharat abhiyan give them that 12000 crores that's it yeah, end of story you know think of something that nobody has done before yeah. and if the central ministers or if uh, the central bureaucracy does not seem to get the long term vision consider this a complete political decision and shoulder it shoulder right absolutely yeah the, what you said you know he is the leader the onus is with him no one's going to ask what did the finance in 2016 you didn't do this because the finance secretary said no yeah. everybody will say that narendra modi government you know is responsible for the good and the bad and and that's how this election was fought of 2014 it was a quasi presidential election which india hadn't seen in a long time you know so um, that's how that's how he's going to be held accountable as well so anyways i mean you know bottom line is um, i you know we are sympathetic to the veterans as well as the government and to see them on two different sides of the debate where they are not actually you know they are not they shouldn't be and they are not on two different sides they of the debate they are on the same side of the debate they are on the same side no i'm yeah. saying that you go to you watch tv studios and stuff yeah, and it is just sad yeah. to see veterans you know uh, uh, almost pleading you know yeah. raising slogans against the governments and 
And it's, it's just not right. Yeah, it's just, it's not, just right. not right. It's just not right. Yeah. And uh, in general, uh, if you consider the num percentage of GDP that uh, India spends on military and ex-military, it is still at a, a very less level compared to any other country in the yeah. developing world. Agreed. And uh, if there is some adjustment that needs to be made, some funds that are being earmarked for infrastructure, which will give them growth, I think uh, there can be some sort of middle ground, and like I said. One, one small appeal to the, I mean, I don't know if the veteran, any veterans are listening to this, but if they are, you know, don't allow people like this Nafis Ali and yeah. uh, this Ahmadmi Party wala, Rahul Gandhi in your protest. Very you, well said. You know, yes. there are there are people, there are most of, I mean, you know, everyone is with you, but then when the even the protests start taking a political color, people will start seeing no, 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 where there is no. Rahul Gandhi went because he thought it was a veteran congressman. Me. Veteran, he just listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that's an excellent point that Adit made. Yeah. That you know, please don't. The entire country is with you. The government is with you. Everyone is with you. The yeah. veterans do not need to let any of these questionable characters come in and take advantage of and, their. And, you know, there are. I mean, and there are certain uh, quote unquote lobbyists and questionable characters who have brought a bad name to ex servicemen. While and the veterans very well know who they are. Right. So, and why why have them you know uh, show this false sympathy yeah. where none existed? Yeah. And because and they, and uh, they are shooting from this their cannot be, exactly. This cannot be a political issue because a uh, the facilities that are extended to ex servicemen are still intact. They are in fact increasing those uh, yeah. benefits. But at the same time, again, uh, this is a, a matter of how the idea of India that Modi is developing on a, from a civilizational perspective also has to entail participation of these uh, uh, veterans in a in a vested manner if they are not involved in these projects hmm. they'll keep getting pensions and uh, tomorrow again they will they, not know, them but somebody yeah. else might come back so this has to be a very <laughs> successful tem template that gets implemented absolutely hum aapko de rahe hain lekin iske badle mein aapko ye karna padega it is it is it may or may not be a political issue but it is fast moving to where it requires a political solution right. i agree so i guess on that note you know on a somber note and a hopeful you know mildly hopeful note that this gets resolved soon and the veterans don't we don't see the veterans again jantar mantar you know protesting against the government before we get to our uh, next topic, um, I do want to say that this is Mindmakers production. This Mind podcast is brought to you by the Mindmakers team. This uh, podcast is produced and edited by Adit Kapadia with the help of our team in India. The panelists for the um, podcast are Adit Kapadia, Pramod Kumar Buravalli, and Sunanda Vashish, which is me. So, um Unfortunately, Pramod had to uh, go uh, leave before we could record the second part of the podcast. Um, in the second part, we are going to talk about uh, a couple of very interesting issues. First, we are going to talk about this... Uh, Give you a brief. Sorry, I meant to say professors all across US who have of Indian origin of Indian origin, and well, not quite. There are some of different other origins also in there. So, the, the, and that's that's uh, that's a question raised by a lot of people who are rebutting their letter. But uh, so a lot of professors who have written to CEOs of Silicon Valley and protesting uh, Narendra Modi's uh, or kind of in as a protest, ke digital India may have they don't invest or something yeah, like that. A letter. Yeah full text of the letter is available i'm not going to uh, well you know if anyone who remotely follows us on twitter probably knows where we stand on this debate mm -hmm. but if you want to give just a background of what the professors uh, like 
What what was the fallacy in the charges? Let's not talk mm. about the letter, mm. but the fallacy. Yeah, but it's a continuation. I do want to say that it's a continuation of these um, few uh, leftists, liberal, this whole bunch of people who um, first protested when uh, Narendra Modi was the chief minister of. Uh, Gujarat, who protested against um, him getting the visa and were successful in getting his visa um, cancelled, but uh, that did not affect the um, Indians because these people don't get to vote. The Indians vote, and Indians voted Narendra Modi with a full majority, and he did very well. And uh, so uh, now they are sort of what I feel is that they are they they haven't made quite peace with it. Mm-hmm. So, Narendra Modi, in fact, this is not the first time he's coming to United States after um, uh, becoming the Prime Minister. He came earlier and had the massive reception in uh, um, MSG in New York. Uh, that time, I didn't hear anything. But now, because he is coming for business, I mean, he is coming for New um, uh, United Nations thing, but he is also coming to Silicon Valley. And this is the first but time, United I think, Nations after Nehru. business, no? United Nations is business too. And this is the first time I think somebody after Nehru is coming to Silicon Valley. So it's a big moment. Um, and there he's going to address um, uh, CEOs and he's um, going to sort of talk about India and he's going to welcome them to India. As we know, the big part of Narendra Modi diplomacy is digital India and come invest in India, make in India. These are two essential components of his thing. So these um, uh, liberal leftist professors came upon a unique idea of writing a letter to the CEOs of uh, Silicon Valley, who probably as Bhanu Gauda, who wrote a piece for her. And Bhanu Gauda does not write sarcasm or anything. He's a very serious guy. He writes um, technology and he writes um, pieces about technology. No, he brought his sarcasm on the record. I know. (laughs) So he was pretty miffed at um, what was happening. So he's given a great rebuttal. But these people, they, they wrote a letter to Silicon Valley CEOs requesting that, you know, because India is not safe to invest in. The digital India somehow is not uh, uh, something India snoops and India does not have a good record in freedom um, of press and everything. And the funny thing is they live in America, which is the big daddy of surveillance. So it's just a joke. No, that as, as, as Bhanu said in his piece, maybe they don't understand what digital, digital India, India is. And uh, you know, he also said the cut and paste job that they did. Yeah. But the, the, again, you know, I, I think I brought this up last week. The main problem is, you know, in, in, in Gujarati, we have a very funny kahawat uh, saying, Dukhe che pet ne kute che maathu. So that means ki dard pet me ho raha hai aur sar pakad ke baithe hai. And the same thing. And dard, in, in Hindi, you say, kisi aani billi khamban ho chai. Haan, kisi aani billi khamban ho chai. So that's the thing. That dard yahan pe yeh ho raha hai ki, yaar, apni India mein influence to, matlab, pehle zero thi, abhi to now it's going in negative, negative proportions. Yeah. Because the minute we say anything against India, Indians come out more in support of Narendra Modi. Yeah. So, uh, so that's not helping. Yeah. And it is not about, okay, you can have political opposition to Narendra Modi, uh, as stupid as it may be, but yeah, that's fine, you're entitled right. to have, we have Rahul Gandhi, we can have Wendy Doniger here too. Yeah. But the problem is, they are speaking against the Government of India initiative. Digital yeah, India is not a Bharatiya Janata Party initiative. Digital not a Narendra Modi initiative and either. Narendra Modi is coming for investment. investment He's coming for the country. So it also shows that, you know, a lot of these professors and I, I do, I, you know, I'm, I'm not raising aspersions. They may not be Indian citizens like I am. Yeah. So they may not uh, care about India as much as I do. But really, um, 
the, 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 the no it just reminds me of a story that um, the king who had a, a very loyal monkey and he told him to watch on him when he was sleeping yeah. and there was this um, mosquito who was bothering the king so and he sat on king's nose so um, the monkey just cut off the king's nose because he didn't want the uh, mosquito, mosquito to <laughs> mosquito there so it's the same thing they might know? not have heard of the story they also, might not so have stories so it is the same thing that they are damaging india they are damaging india because they hate Narendra Modi, which is very, very sad. And, and the things are so laughable. Now, Kapil Sibbal got that uh, stupid 66A there. Yeah. Now, I'm glad the, well, I, we opposed that, you know, the BJP should have gotten it out. But yeah. then, thankfully, the Supreme Court kept yeah. it out. Uh, did and they, also, did, India is a vibrant no, no, no. democracy. Did they say anything against Kapil Sibbal? No. I mean, I, I don't, uh, maybe I might not have heard <laughs> Randy Doniger speaking <laughs> against Kapil Sibbal or these other professors, you know, yeah. quote-unquote stalwarts. And of, also, um, as much as they, um, you know, say India is a vibrant democracy, there are institutions in place. No prime minister is strong, so strong that he's going to start surveillance and go and and he's not even interested in, um, you know, knowing what Wendy Doniger's private emails are. Those he does not care about um, that stuff. No, and I, I want to know that all these people, when Edward the Edward Snowden story came out about where the NSA or something, where were they? You know, were no. they, did they, oh, lead a protest against that? They still can if they want, but they, they don't. No, as I said, you know, they are not emotionally invested in India. Uh, they're maybe not financially invested either, but yeah. that, 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 that being said. Um, and then, then that there comes this, uh, this other angle that the professors have been exploring uh, about uh, dissent is being curbed in India. This is the same uh, argument I saw Priya Pillai make today in an NDTV debate. Uh, for all people who are shocked, no, I did tweet the link to the debate. I'm, I don't watch uh, NDTV debates furiously. I do watch mm. them quite openly. But you, always, uh, always good to know what the opponent but is But it's your talking. favorite example, um, you know, Sagarika Ghosh writing about um, no freedom of speech in India in the most... <laughs> she's like, like news channels are being told what to cover and what not to cover. And she spectacularly was saying this on a prime time debate on NDTV. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if they were if they were told what to cover, then why would Priya Pillai get an audience? I know. And uh, this is amazing that they. Or had... why would Sagarika Ghosh get a column in Times of India, which is the most widely read newspaper? Times in of India, India is a newspaper? Oh my God! <laughs> Did she, I mean, this is just unbelievable. This is this ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. No, and no, and what uh, what she was saying was today, and I, I, because I want to bring because that's where they get their oxygen from. Na? this freedom of speech is yeah. being curbed. That. Um, Priya Pillai was saying that uh, we have responded well to that. Every time a BJP spokesperson or anyone comes, they raise the same uh, thing. Aray, but when you have committed a crime under FCR or maybe an alleged crime or mm. irregularity, irregularity, to use the correct mm. language, then they would obviously tell the same thing. And you've clearly not responded well to the uh, you know to the notice that you got for the funds. And then you can't use that just because you have committed a fraud and the government gets you. You're like, oh, the government is get out to out get us. Get yeah, because you opponent. cannot keep your, um, your books <laughs> straight. Yeah. So uh, this is this is just crazy. crazy. I mean, it's it's not going to get anywhere. Uh, Silicon CEOs are not going to get worried. I mean, they don't care about this stuff. As you know, Bhanu said very nicely in his um, piece. He said, "Dear professors, don't worry. Narendra Modi is not interested in knowing, and he will not be able to find out even if this digital India works, and because it's going to take a long time. But he's not going to be able to find out mm -hmm. which um, NGOs you um, gave money to and which." 
which NGOs you supported. But, but don't you worry. Know, I want to bring out another pet peeve of our left liberals that we saw in the last week. We forgot to cover uh, the renaming of Aurangzeb Road to yeah. Kalam Road or Kalam. Oh my right? God! The the number of op-eds it has spawned. Sunanda, you know, I have my all history knowledge was all worth because I never know Jizya was an economic reform. <laughs> I mean, this is I I I, I cannot believe an that alleged there, historian who said um, distortion. Uh, yeah, that Jazia was done for done for economic reasons. Hmm. And another eminent historian who wrote a piece in Hindustan Times saying that why is there no C V Raman Road? No. Why is there no other road? And found out that all three roads oh, exist. Ramchandra Guha exist. He just didn't Delhi. travel on them. No, that's I why. No, but this is the thing. No. I remember this fantastic scene from Golmal when Amul Palekar, uh, you know, Utpal Dutt asks him, I'm your father's age, you told me a joke, he's like, yes sir, no sir. Yes sir, no sir. Was Jizya an economic reform? Yes sir, no sir. It was for Aurangzeb, but not for anyone else. So, I mean, just imagine any person who imposes who beheads uh, people of different faith uh, under his regime you know rules like a or rules like a tyrant yeah. uh, done that how can you defend him and some person also say you are removing our legacy because yeah, they are saying that it is folklore huh and which it is not i hmm. mean just because the history didn't get recorded beheading for killing of guru Tegh bahadur is not folklore yeah it is not folklore. And I mean, killing his Tegh Bahadur and his sons and is his not sons. folklore. Hey, I mean, chora, I, hey, chora uh, honestly, I mean, with BJP, the road should have been named Guru Tegh Bahadur Road. Hmm. But BJP also wanted to be politically correct. So they uh, and no, no, but then again, that comes back to what you wrote in your fantastic piece, na, Sunanda, hmm. uh, was Kalam a true Muslim. And I, I, I think I saw uh, some uh, uh, journalists say that, you know, they have given their kind of Muslim. Yeah, so it's 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 rather silly that the left liberal intelligentsia commentariat decided to have their argument on quote unquote liberalism based on Aurangzeb. If they they were saying that you should not rename uh, roads or something, so I don't know whether they had a problem with Kalam's road being there or they just had a problem with Aurangzeb's name. They probably out. had uh, a problem with Kalam's name also because you know there were people who said, "Oh, you've replaced bad Muslim with um, good Muslim, and you are dividing Muslims." So I want to know which Muslim in India identifies with Aurangzeb. That is a problem. So, Why are you assuming that there are some Muslims, why are you speaking on behalf I, I, of Muslims? I, I think I saw a debate. Uh, sorry, go on. Yeah. And why are you thinking that there are some Muslims who are identifying with somebody like? Why would any Indian identify with somebody like uh, Aurangzeb? It's a separate debate that um, Mughals were outsiders and they were came as plunderers. That is a separate debate. But even if you assume that Aurangzeb is an Indian ruler, I give you that for a minute. He was born in India and I give you that that he was an Indian ruler. You also have to this thing that he was he was no he was a tyrant. tyrant. And just because and somebody said that they are erasing our history on NDTV or something. What the mm-hmm. hell is our history? You're talking yeah. about a see Charles Purana. Uh, India has had a and this is a leftist argument as well, which is a 
not entirely long. I mean that India has a pluralistic history. Hindus have been plural. The other religions have been plural as well. Religions have coexisted. Then why are you uh, b uh, welcoming a ruler who levied taxes on people of other religion? How is you know? Aaj, aaj agar aisa karu ki, uh, you know somebody is like, Acha, I'm a Jain. Jains pe tax le lega, baaki sab pe lagega. Kya bakwas hai? You know what sort of argument is this? You you unequivocally condemn or well, there are two things that they come up with. They say that there was no concept of nationalism at that time. And there was no, this is a very, again, a very leftist Marxist construct, that there was no concept of nationalism. I don't agree that and I don't buy that. I think Indian subcontinent, well, we did not know it as a politically, as a hmm. political, it was not a political unit, which British came and after that it became a political unit. I do uh, this thing. But overall, there has been one overruling Indian consciousness indian you know um, that civilizational consciousness Absolutely. that is part of this soil it, so don't say this that there was no concept of na modern nationalism maybe there was no concept of modern nationalism but there is a reason why somebody and i this is my favorite example which i always quote that there is a reason why a person from coimbatore looks towards north while um, praying or while asking you know for education or as Hindus typically do they they pray to Saraswati and there is a reason why they do that because North may Kashmir may Sharda Peertha the reason why Coimbatore guy looks in the north or um, mm. Tamil Nadu guy looks towards the north is uh, Sharda Peet which is in Kashmir so how can you say there was no civilizational ethos? Yeah, yeah that's what I was you, what you're referring to is the civilizational ethos of India, which they are denying but you know, that's where they get their fuel from in this, in this, um, you know you you tell that the, the Pakistanis are living in denial, same yeah. with some of the Marxist historians, they are living in the Romila Thapar denial, yeah. that they only for, see, um, because they come up with these western terms um, uh, nationalism, there was no nationalism no, what, is nationalism? what is nationalism? What, what, what define, you know, you should yeah. tell them define it and contextualize it with how it existed yeah. 500 years ago yeah uh, with Aurangzeb you refuse to do that you call jizya as an economic war reform, economic then, reform but yeah. isme you you know this is this is this is just bakwas and and then they say that um, you are dividing people on basis of religion or something which is when again this and is I don't see you know these people keep saying that you are dividing Muslims you are dividing Muslims how I don't see how you are dividing Muslims by saying that Aurangzeb was a tyrant no, you, you, I think they mean that you are they, they don't mean dividing Muslims they just use the word dividing oh you are dividing the left liberal intellectuals yeah. you are dividing the sane from the insane insane <laughs> I don't see any Muslim I have not known any Muslim huh? who identifies with Aurangzeb huh? and why would they why would they so for liberals to come up and say that oh you are dividing people and I, I did say it before that I said you know, are liberals short on liberal icons that they have no. to actually go and defend Aurangzeb and now? And someone said, why don't you name it Dara Shiko Marg also and stuff like that and which is okay if they want to do but then again, you know, should it be that Mughal ka naam liye, Mughal se replace yeah, karo. you know, that, that is also their prerogative. Yeah. But anyways, you know, <coughs> it's honestly, it's not a big deal. It's, uh, but I did, I, I, I was not comfortable to lead to this whole, <coughs> I was not religion. comfortable also that with people who have, you know, known as tyrants and stuff and God knows kitne mandir or kitne hamare, you know, giant temples also were mm -hmm. ransacked during those times. Who knows? Um, but, but that's a separate debate. I don't want to address that debate. Yeah. I, I was just appalled that people are def uh, uh, defending Aurangzeb. But no, because um, Romila Thapar does have this construct where she says that yes, temples were plundered, temples were, um, saying from Nadir Shah to Khilji and everybody, they 
plundered mm. temples. But she says that mm. plundering those temples left no scars on Indians. That is her thing. She says that those temples were plundered. These people were plunderers. They did not do it for religion. But I don't Economic understand. Also. I, no, that is what she says. She says, um, uh, you know, um, when Somnath was destroyed, there is no record. The 17 times it was de destroyed by Muhammad of Ghazni. She says there is no record anywhere that people were sad or upset. I refuse to believe that. I mean, something because she no, says it was not. What is the basis of her assumption? Uh, Did she talk to Irfan Habib and they just decided that no. yeah, she says people were expecting plunderers will come and plunderers will loot the temple, they will kill the, you know, uh, the you know, But there is no no record of anywhere that people were nee, nee, people were scarred or people were sad that um, Indians are this is really just because the history hasn't been chronicled well doesn't no, mean is, that you can the, take this the, is the thing. I wrote a piece uh, for Modi at 365 about education policy and this is the thing. Uh, you may agree, you may disagree with uh, the minister of ministry of HRD and whatever, like whatever your whatever debate you side stand on. But the leftist's major obsession is they are trying to balance the narrative. So, so I, I don't I don't I don't know where, where they're coming from, but anyways <laughs> on but this that, has spawned like a million op-eds. Uh, I am <laughs> so surprised. Uh, but uh, we should probably tell Bhanuji to do a sarcastic one on Aurangzeb. <laughs> now that he is uh, he's started with Silicon Valley CEO. We should write an appeal to the Indus Valley CEOs. But 400, uh, all I'm saying is Aurangzeb when he died he would have probably never realized that 400 years later there will be so many people who will stand up for him and who will be so sad and who will really you know Who's I, who is this the I idea of India we are aspiring to tyrant uh, where one person was a control freak we were told that that shouldn't happen in India uh, India should be a democracy oh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they think Aurangzeb is a great dem democrat or something uh, I don't know so maybe I, they I, use uh, maybe, Aurangzeb would have been touched maybe their ideal of freedom of expression is Saudi Arabia yeah so, maybe and yeah who knows you know <laughs> so anyways that brings us to uh, the end of this editions this week's mind podcast uh, do keep listening in please follow like us on facebook follow us on twitter keep uh, giving your comments uh, we've got some fantastic articles uh, this week and all of you've uh, read it if you haven't i request you all to check out www.myind.net uh, podcast is not the only things we, we do, do but we enjoy a lot doing this and we are going to i do want to tell our readers uh, listeners because they watch out for it we are going to talk about syrian refugee crisis it's not over yet but we don't have time in this podcast we're going to talk about it next yeah. time we as usual we always go overboard mm -hmm. so we'll talk about it next time and we'll discuss it in detail and we also have a couple of debates planned and stuff they should be coming up so interviews so do keep tune uh, do keep uh, tuning into mind.net thank you